0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the OOFTA podcast. I'm joined by Emily O'Connor.
1: And I'm joined by Jordan Rudolph.
0: Ah, uh, throwing everybody off, including Em, there for a little <laughs> bit. Uh, we're happy to be back. Uh, OOFTA podcast, Definitely. season three, episode 43. Correct. Uh, I think we're almost at 100.
1: Yeah, we're really close. Last I looked on our yeah. like total episode count.
0: I was trying to figure that out, too, because a lot of podcasts... Um, platforms like our hosting sites like even mm-hmm. our website is changing how they host mm. um, Apple Podcast has changed everything and now they're actually transcribing all of our episodes for us in a sheet of paper so if all of you listening want to go on Apple and I think it started February 1st um, cool. they automatically are in theory are supposedly are supposed Just to automatically transcribe all of this so you can read instead of um, listen if hmm. you want to for our sake I can copy and paste into a blog post (laughs) (laughs) or a social media post easier um but yeah there's different there's different ways and I think I think some of them are changing like getting away from seasons and just doing like overall just straight episodes through yeah so once that becomes universal we might just also go straight episodes too yeah we'll see we'll keep we'll see what kind of shakes out a little bit through uh through our time there anyway how are you
1: pretty good just got done with the run, so mm-hmm. we're podcasting uh, on a different day than normal. I'm sure you can probably hear the medicine ball slams that I will try and edit out of the background. But
0: it's not a blender if it's not a bike, it's a medicine ball, slam.
1: as we might have a blender here soon. But as always, uh, just happy to be here. How are you? Uh,
0: I'm doing well, doing well. Excited to, to get another weekend. I feel like I'm um, coming back from vacation. Really had a lot of ambition and motivation to do things, but like I have enough on my plate to start tackling off and checklisting. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm excited to get to those things. I still remember like one of our members asked, Oh, how was vacation? Like, oh, I bet you were really like bummed to come back. I'm like, Nothing against the vacation like paradise with my wife, but I was super excited to get back. Like, we have a lot of big things in the work that I am excited to tackle Mm -hmm. Um, from numerous standpoints from us doing development stuff here us working on stuff here, us working on stuff at my other business, um, and us obviously working towards potentially building a building of unity forever home, mm-hmm. like a lot of cool things in the works.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited for it and I know I'm obviously involved a little bit in a lot of it, uh, or a lot of it, a lot of it in a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but not nearly always to the degree that you are. So I know from what I know, I'm excited for yeah for everything that this year's bringing
0: yes yes only five years in the making right yeah um here we are uh today we're talking about carbs um we wanted to go back on a nutrition topic and really take our deep dive in and also deliver the surprisingly fresh take maybe on our viewpoint of carbs but maybe helping um your viewpoint more importantly as the listener what carbs are what they do and we'll probably skin some layers of the onion here Um, I think we have to address like the quality of carbohydrates Mm -hmm. and maybe that might help uh, everybody understand like the different types of diets that are out there and why they work well and why they don't work well and why they are helping people feel good and get results in certain ways. Um, But ultimately, let's just start with like what carbohydrates are. Like they're they're the body's primary source of energy um, for exertion. So when we say that like fats serve as like a long sustainable sourced energy of low exertion but anytime we exert ourselves physically our body it's all dependent per person on based on their heart rate and based on certain things but heart rate in particular um and breath rate i guess but basically when your heart rate gets to a certain level of working uh towards its max heart rate or percentage of that heart rate your body converts over into using more carbohydrates as your source of energy rather than like from your fats or other sources that are there there's there's multiple energy sources in our body carbohydrates help fuel the the ones that require the most physical or highest level of physical exertion
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i always think of carbs as like the quick fuel right so if we're moving quick if we're acting quick right it is the most readily available source like you were saying fats can be that more sustainable. We store a lot more of those in our body for at resting moments. We want that body to be burning fat as fuel uh, more predominantly than we are burning carbs, but for those quick moments, whether it's a workout, whether it's a stressful situation, you have to react quickly, anything like that, we want those carbs to be available or more specifically, glycogen in the muscle to be available. So, when we think carbohydrates, that's the ingested form as they go into the body, get converted glucose into stored as muscle glycogen, which is what we most commonly think of when we're thinking of energy more from a sciencey side. We don't get too sciencey too often, but important to know that all of those three things are. If not the same thing, the same thing in different steps along the journey there. Mm-hmm. So we'll use all of those words interchangeably, but it's at there are specific spots in the cycle, of, yeah. of energy, if you will,
0: fuel, energy, carbs, primary source, um, quick energy, quick fuel. Uh, there also are some carbs that can be more of like long-lasting energy, long-lasting fuel. So the difference between like long-lasting and sustainable energy. Um, think of it more as like, uh, does it make sense if I say fat is more of like, if you had a hybrid car, like fat is like the electricity, mm-hmm. um, in terms of that fuel and then carbs would be more like the gas.
1: I, I think it makes sense. Yeah. Like okay. carbs are kind of that quick punchy, but fat is always there. Like when mm-hmm. slash if the carbs run out, yep. it's kind of that fallback source for the
0: body. Yeah.
1: Can't can be,
0: can be. Yeah. yeah. If needed, Right. If needed. Right. Like your body would rather try to fight through and find carbohydrates. But Mm -hmm. what happens when that, when your body does that is it, it, it relies on that carbohydrate source of energy. You can have different cravings and different type of like food temptation, temptations through that. But what also happens in that case is that you're not using your body's, um, primary sustainable energy source, AKA electricity, AKA fat, right? It's trying to look for the carbohydrate energy because that's what it's used to. That's what it knows. Um, And it's not pulling from maybe some of the sources that you'd like it to. So when we burn fat, the body uh, uses that fat energy that we have as fuel on a more regular basis.
1: Right. And the body just becomes more efficient in doing so. Right. Practice kind of makes perfect, if you will, not an ideal analogy. Uh, or saying there, but when we can train the body to have periods of requiring the use of fat as fuel, we become more efficient in doing
0: so. Yeah, and we can go on a rabbit hole really quick of like, oh, yeah, I know about that fat as fuel thing when I'm doing cardio work. Like, it, when I don't exert myself very hard, I'm using fat as fuel. That is true. Um, this is kind of what we're talking about, like the levels of physical exertion, but also understand that fat. Calories per one gram of fat is nine calories. It's over double what a carb is, which is one gram of carb equals four calories. So even though you're spending the time in, quote-unquote, cardiovascular workouts or aerobic workouts in a fat-burning zone, it's still you have to do twice the amount of work to burn that fat, um, whether it's twice the amount of work through effort in that, but more so because we can't bump effort too much up. Otherwise, we're leaving the, quote-unquote, fat-burning zone. So what happens is that you have to do it for more time, and therefore it's not really worth it. Mm -hmm. It, 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 You'd be there for hours to get the fat loss that you really want from a fat-burning zone.
1: Right. Well, and that's where, to kind of tie back and bring this back to carbohydrates, if we can lean back into carbohydrates for fuel during our workouts and allow the body to become adapted and efficient at burning fat as fuel while we're at rest Mm -hmm. and not having as many of those carbohydrates perhaps either, available or not relying on them so much at rest we can become more efficient metabolically which can help when we're thinking fat burning zone we've talked before like we don't do workouts for burning fat we do workouts for workouts and at rest we then burn body fat if if that's the goal or just in general using fat for fuel even if we're replacing that then with the food we eat like that doesn't when we say fat burning doesn't necessarily have to mean like fat loss either yeah right just as a quick clarification for the yes fat
0: fat should be what your body's burning um outside of the workouts at all times outside of a workout like like if you're working out one hour a day the other 23 hours in theory would should be being burned from fat Mm -hmm. um However, if we're continuing to feed ourselves a primary fuel source of carbohydrates on a regular basis and on an overabundance, so we're doing it often and we're doing a lot, so frequency and volume are both very high, our body will rather would rather use those fuel sources than not. So before you go crazy and think like, oh, carbs are bad, this is what we wanted to have this discussion about because carbs aren't bad, they're a macronutrient, mm-hmm. right? So we, 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 rewind ourselves 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 1988, when the U S surgeon, uh, general surgeon, uh, guy, surgeon general came out, uh, Dr. Uh, Everett Koop, um, came out with the fat, the 700 page nutrition report of like, Oh, fat's bad, saturated fat, particular fat's bad. Everyone's like, Oh, we can't touch fat. And now all of a sudden everyone's like, Oh my God, we have to eat all the fat. Don't touch carbs. Right. So it's completely reversed. But we think about carbohydrates then in this scenario, there's Carbohydrates, at the end of the day, are all broken down into the body as glucose, which is the body's source of energy that it puts then uh, primarily either into the muscles or through the liver through a process that basically then turns it into fat. So we we use it or we store it, right? We don't lose carbohydrate. Depending on the person, the body can hold up to 300 to 500 grams of of glucose, of carbs, of glucose in the body when the carbs are broken down. In this term, it's called muscle glycogen, so glucose turns into glycogen. Just think of it as the same thing in this scenario, it's carbs. Um, but when our body exhausts all of that, we can replenish it through our muscles. So this is why it's very, very even more important. Again, you're going to hear us repeat this throughout forever on the UFTA podcast to make sure we're forming muscle because your body learns how to utilize and, and become more efficient when carbohydrate intakes are up. Going back to what we wanted to bring you in on, there's different types of carbs now, even though our body breaks it down into essentially the same thing at the end of the day. There's fast digesting or fast burning carbs and and simple carbs. And then there's complex, slow burning, slow digesting carbs. Still at the end of the day, all put in the same thing as glucose. But do you want to talk a little bit about the differences of those like simple versus complex?
1: Definitely. I think the biggest difference is what you just touched on there, right? Like how they affect the body as we digest them. So when we think of simple, typically these are going to be very, I don't want to use the word simple again, but like singular macronutrient low in fiber is typically something that we see here. Processed carbohydrates are often falling simple. Processed, yeah. Yep. So we think like sugars, um, like as a runner my mind immediately goes to like the goo's the gels right but also in real food like gummies crackers breads white, white, white specifically white, yeah. right all the ones that are the fiber and the nutrients of like a wheat or a whole wheat or a whole grain everything is taken out of there so on the flip side then pivoting into our more complex a little bit higher in fiber don't affect the blood sugar as much which is something we haven't talked about quite yet but is
0: we will today we,
1: we will hop into as we talk about carbohydrates but the big difference is the effect on the blood sugar so complex carbs get digested a little bit slower they don't hit the body quite as fast and we're able to hang on to them for a long period of time so whether that is breaking them down to store as glycogen in the muscle not having them as ready for immediate immediate use like something like a simple Carbohydrate would be, but leaning to more towards, as examples here, the whole grain breads, um, potatoes, rice, those types of things that have fruits, those types of things that have a little bit more fiber, a little bit more nutrient density to them in a complex versus a simple.
0: The another way that we could put like simple is usually calorically dense, even though it could be low calories, could only be eighty calories, but usually like you were saying, there's no nutrition in it. Mm-hmm. Um, complex is typically nutritionally dense, right? So all of those flours, um, ultra highly processed foods, the crackers, the the, the the chips, the breads, the pastas, like all of those super high processed things fall in this simple category as long as it's just plain old sugar, all the sweeteners, um, juice drinks, soft drinks, like sodas, all of that stuff falls in the simple carbs and the complex side of things also also deliver a high nutritional value So yes, there are some grains that we could say fall in this place, like brown rice, long grain brown rice, quinoa. Um, Those things matter, uh, like steel cut oats. Like those are, that's a complex carb, but the primary sources are like fruits and vegetables like you were saying too, right? So those, most fruits, Um, fruits are kind of a weird one. We can even talk about fructose, I guess, on this too, since we're there. Um, But those carbohydrates all have a different impact on how your body digests them. So if it's a simple carb, again, more calorically dense than nutritionally dense, and they digest faster, mm-hmm. what happens in our body, in our blood sugar, when things digest faster?
1: Our blood sugar spikes, body immediately goes into release of insulin, want to get the carbohydrates digested and out as fast as possible. So if we're not utilizing them in expending energy in a workout type of Mm -hmm. setting, they will be stored most frequently, often excess where if the muscle glycogen isn't being used, we don't have to replace the muscle glycogen, goes through the liver, often stored as fat.
0: Triglycerides. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, So simple carbs uh, create a quick reaction in the body. The body is reactive to what we put in it. So if we consume simple carbs no matter what time of day, the body reacts with a high blood sugar, high insulin spike, and then what happens when our high insulin spike happens is, is the body goes through a process of trying to get the glucose out of the bloodstream. It, it pushes it through all the muscles, and if the muscles say we're full, it goes to the liver. If you are still needing muscle glycogen and they're not full, the, the body still pumps these into the muscles, um, and then they'll fill them to their capacity. But also they can only feel so much at one time it still goes to the liver and stores as triglycerides so again very very wise for you listeners to continue to try to form lean muscle in the body Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that lean muscle has to be through size it can also mean neuromuscularly like your body understands that it needs this because carbohydrates help the brain too right so neuromuscular wise brain wise there's different things there complex carbs take longer for your body to digest. Therefore, there's not an immediate insulin spike like you were saying from Simple. It's a little bit more prolonged and not as aggressive.
1: Mm -hmm. And it still triggers a similar reaction, but again, not to that degree of Mm -hmm. excess. So oftentimes, again, when we think of utilizing carbohydrates, we can, yes, think of it in a workout, but from a more complex, when we have this elongated thing, it can be something a little bit lower intensity, like a walk that might not be in a fat burning zone necessarily, but it starts to decrease the blood sugar. It doesn't spike as high. Insulin doesn't release as quick and the body can digest that just a little bit more smoothly, more slowly. It doesn't do have the same effect as that immediate overflow of like influx of simple carbohydrates into the body.
0: I'm trying to think of a good analogy to say like simple versus complex and what it means to the body and what somebody can relate to. And I was trying to think of 10 different scenarios there while you were saying that. And I even got to the point of like, is this like winning the lottery where you could take all the money at once or you could mm-hmm. get it more over time and get more out of it? Like, mm-hmm. but not everybody's won the lottery. So what are we, how do we, how do we know what we how choose? How we know? Yeah. Essentially you're, you're choosing to be less aggressive on your body. The, mm-hmm. when you choose more complex foods, you won't have as high of an aggressive, uh, reactive response, aggressively mm-hmm. reactive, maybe is the word I'm looking, looking for there, the combo of words, um, that spikes the blood insulin up really high. Uh, it's more prolonged. It still does come up, but you're, mm-hmm. it's more of an, an ability where your body can handle it over time. Mm-hmm. You're not dumping everything, all of it, on at once. If it, like, again, I'm trying to think of an, an analogy of trying to think of like pouring something in a cup or taking yeah. something out of a cup, right? Anyway... I,
1: I don't know if it's an analogy, but when I first learned about this in anatomy or nutrition, whatever class I first learned about it in, they explained it like from a more of a training side. Whereas, like in training, like we want to give the muscle the stimulus to grow, but also we want to give it the period of rest to regenerate and recover. Our digestion and our digestive system and our body is the same way. If we're constantly demanding something of our body, something has to give, like the body has to stop. It has to rest at some point and we can control some of that through our nutrition. So when we can ingest quality foods, and perhaps with less frequency, like a carbohydrate, we allow the body less time to be reactive. We're not always pushing out, and the body's able to utilize that a little bit more. So not an analogy, but that's how it was first explained to me that made a lot of sense.
0: And if we overuse it and overabuse it, particularly through simple carbs or high, like these high digesting, high fast, quickly digesting carbs, mm-hmm um the body that's where it becomes insulin uh resistant yep. and and that's how diabetes is then formed like your body can't keep up like mm-hmm. it's been overloaded for too long too often right multiple times a day multiple times a week for too long like yep. diabetes doesn't happen overnight right it happens through a prolonged thing so these these foods have value towards when we can use them like you just said if you know how to use simple carbs you can do small amounts for specific activity Um, whether it's during or after, like Mm -hmm. immediately after, to help your muscles restore right away. This helps with recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you can also plan it out where you're preparing ahead of time uh, more proactively and doing like slower burning, slow digesting carbs that help you for when you're, quote-unquote, working out physically active, whatever shape or form it is. Right. For sustained energy, long-term energy. I don't want to say sustained, (laughs) that's fat.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I think it comes down to that, right? And it's reframing and this is part of our surprisingly fresh take but reframing like how we approach carbohydrates like Mm -hmm. it's not that carbohydrates are inherently bad or inherently good we shouldn't consume them none of the time we shouldn't consume them all of the time but it's really drawing the distinction and making the line between what type of carbohydrate are we having Mm -hmm. how are we utilizing this like intentionally within the body as opposed to just consuming it without recognizing the impact that it can have
0: correct correct Let's make sure we touch base on that in the in, before the show is over mm-hmm. this episode's over of like how we can use that and like in terms of like athletic performance and like aging too because mm-hmm. um, I wanted to finish up this piece before we go to the yeah. next of uh, the simple versus the complex. complex there's all foods have this uh, and I think Emma was gonna be kind of alluding to this earlier glycemic index mm-hmm. okay so all foods have a glycemic index chart scale attached to them. How that's given to a food is they actually take it in the lab and they burn the food and it's based on how quickly it burns at the temperature that they use, right? So it's all lab-based. It's not like they don't actually test a human to see how quickly they digest these foods. A glycemic index is how quickly it burns, how quickly it combusts, if you will. So basically the foods that are higher in a glycemic index, the higher the, the higher the index, the more simple they are, the quicker they're digested. It might not necessarily always mean simple because there's a lot of fruits that are high too. Um, so foods that are high in the glycemic index scale, again, these are fats and proteins fit in this as well. Um, but the carbohydrates are the, are the dominant kind of, uh, like force. Yeah.
1: When, when you think glycemic index, a lot of times we think carbohydrates, like everything has an impact on blood sugar, but carbohydrates are most widely recognized for having a spot on the glycemic index. Thank
0: you for clarifying that. I was having trouble. All so you can look up the glycemic index chart and you can see all the foods that are on there, <laughs> listener. Um, the higher the glycemic index, the quicker it digests, the more blood sugar comes out, the insulin spikes right away. Mm-hmm. The lower it is, the less impact it has on your blood sugar. So if you're trying to, quote unquote, lose fat, weight loss, it's best if you focus on this after you get, it, this isn't a first day focus. This isn't a first day strategy. This is a long term thing we're trying to work on more of those foods that are on that lower glycemic index side of things. Mm-hmm. Okay, This is after protein's been consistent, this is after like you're getting more towards whole foods, all of those things. This is like the next layer that you can add on. Um, the foods that are higher in the glycemic index could be used more so around workouts if you're really worried about them or have to have them. Uh, but those again are, are gonna be probably more simple in nature. There are some fruits that get pretty high too. So if you're trying to lose fat long term, and trying to get, lose an amount of fat—that's like an aggressive goal for you right now. Mm-hmm. This is where fruit and maintenance of how much fruit you're eating comes into play. But again, there's nobody out there in the world that is. When you and I see these people, and we work in the, work with these people every day, the listener, there's nobody that you know out there in the world that is overweight or quote unquote fat because they ate too much fruit. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just not there. It just doesn't happen. So that's the glycemic index. But what happens when we eat foods that are higher in glycemic index? There's a key little phrase. We also said they were they were they were more quickly digested. They're faster digesting. So if we can digest something very quickly, that means that we can be empty in our stomach very quickly. That's a useful thing and a totally cat, a cat, or a catastro- catastrophic catastrophic. There you go, catastrophic thing too. Like that that ruins a lot of nutrition plans because you're focusing so much on the simple carb, you get hungry again an hour later. or less.
1: Right, and that's where some of those more complex carbs can come in to bridge that gap, Mm -hmm. to fill the tanks of a muscle that is depleted of glycogen from a workout, fill that back up, but you also have the nutrients that we talked about from the complex side of things that will keep you full, whether that's the fiber, whether that's just in general calories, because calories are energy. They're not necessarily an enemy when losing body fat mm-hmm. either, right? Like we want to consume these things, but it's how we do so where we can keep that blood sugar more stable and prevent the body from constantly reacting to the food that we're putting in our, in our system.
0: Yeah, and if we're the other sneaky thing that happens here when you're eating foods that are typically higher in the glycemic index, they're usually like again, majority of them are are assumed to be more simple. We're now craving more of those simple foods. Like when insulin is up in our body, our body doesn't like that either. So mm-hmm. it works. I can't remember the specific hormone that like goes and tries to get insulin back down. I forget that it's alternating paths, yeah, right, up know. the graph. Um, it, it's neither here or there, but there's your body actively works to get insulin blood sugar back down back to homeostasis right right so um through that process then digestion happens body does that and all of a sudden you're craving sweets again like you you, the more sweets you eat the more you crave Mm -hmm. the body craves it it's an addictive behavior thing sugar has as much of an impact on your brain activity than more impact than cocaine does like studies have shown that which is bonkers too right like the gets into the dopamine centers and the reward centers Mm -hmm. and, and the habit forming stuff um so that that's all true uh so you, that's that's also where we want to be careful of how much of those high high glycemic foods we're eating too because you can just be craving more
1: mm-hmm. Well, and it like you said, it's a cycle, right? Mm-hmm. It, it not only repeats itself biologically and physiologically, but then we also just get in the habit of having those foods yes where we can just again create almost then uh, from a psychological side the habit of having sweets, at x time of day and mm-hmm. it's just easier to then reach for those yeah. versus and then it's a habit thing also a physiological thing and it's kind of like a negative on negative right if that's something you're looking to break out of
0: well that's a huge thing too like a lot of these simple carbs we're talking about here and like quote unquote the negatives of them mm-hmm. like they are powerful energy sources that they can dramatically improve sure. performance they're also the most abundantly available right they're everywhere a- they're cheap a- they're, they're everywhere. Everywhere. Right? Sugar. It's in everything, right? right? So these foods are usually cheaper by nature. Um, they're the things that are always on sale at the grocery store, mm-hmm. right? Th- those type of things. Those are these simple carbs that we're referring to. They're, they're, they're not real food. They're synthetically made, like in a lab, mm-hmm. right? So why don't we touch on, like the good and bad about carbs like through performance and longevity mm-hmm. and do you want me to really quickly i think we got like five minutes left do you want me to bust through fructose right now and then we'll end on that piece like sure. then the really good and bad about carbs yeah so fructose is fruit and and obviously they've made fructose now into a sweetener and high fructose corn syrup is another version of it your body digests fructose differently than all other carbs it, it has a quicker it's quicker to digest and it has a quicker insulin response or quicker blood sugar response um, so that also then leads to more sweet sweet cravings and sugary cravings and high glycemic cravings. So fructose is in real fruit as well. The sweeter the fruit, the more fructose it has. If, again, you're focused on weight loss, our goal is to try to get your body to get away from some of these sweetener type of things and get into more of this complex carb type of area, which usually people will respond with, well, I don't like those. Well, no shit. Like not many people do, right? But we can make them good. And once you start doing it and consistently do it, they do taste like you do end up craving them, mm-hmm. right? So fructose, we want to make sure we're managed on that. Um, registered dietitians will say that those with diabetes or prediabetes should limit their fructose to 15 grams or less per day. Those that are focusing on fat loss try to focus on 25 grams or less per day. When you get more of a maintenance stage, they can be a little bit more lenient on that, but it can have a higher impact on blood sugar quicker, and it can also make you crave more sweet foods. Right. Done with fructose. Moving on to carbohydrates for performance and longevity so we can actually tell our listeners as we wrap up here why their carbs are good but Mm -hmm. why carbs might not be good. I think we've covered the not good a few times. but
1: A a handful.
0: Yeah.
1: So as we dive into performance, as a more of a distance lenient athlete, I tend to always think of carbs around those longer distance events. But we also, as we talked about today can think of them around shorter distance events. So like you were saying, and I think we've briefly, briefly touched on this earlier, but when we think performance, we can think of carbohydrates not only as a pre-workout, and depending on the length of the event, this might not be immediately before, this could be a few days prior, but as we get into that, we can think of that as a pre-workout, pre-fuel, whether that's immediately or a few days, or we can then structure that as post-workout to start to replenish, start to recover, start to rebuild within the body as well. So we want to have, from our performance side, some of those carbohydrates and where they might be complex further away from an, an event, if you will, or a little bit more simple, quick digesting closer to an event or within an event itself, depending on the length of that. And again, everyone will be completely individual in this in how long how much how all of those things what the event is but the big thing is as we go from an athletic performance side of things further away from the event the more complex we want those carbs the closer to or during usually the more simple we want those carbs to allow the body the room to perform the event, not worry about the digestion of the food during the event itself.
0: Yeah, and they can be used in different ways for performance. They, they are the primary fuel source in strength training. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, again, heart rate dependent, but also like strength training, it's, it's how the muscles are fueled. So it's, it's important for exercise and, ter- and specifically strength training, weightlifting, that type of stuff. Um, from an event standpoint, performance standpoint, Emily just went over that. As we age, our body does not use carbohydrates as efficiently as it was when we were younger, right? So when, when, when we when you and I were in high school, we could use carbohydrates at a very high level because we're, metabolically we're more active. We can burn through it. We're burning 4,000 plus calories a day. We can get away with eating more carbs because we're still underneath our caloric surplus, blah, blah, blah. Um, but as we age, we need less and less carbohydrates. So from a longevity standpoint, most people will do better when they switch most of their fuel sources over to fat, no matter, regardless of the carb, complex or not. It, they'll, 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 they'll sustain better. It'll be easier for their body to create that sustainability for it. Um, it makes it harder for your body. or Your body, like with the muscle glycogen dropping as we age and everything else, we can be more likely to store that as fat it's easier for your body to store as fat as we age if we eat too much of it mm-hmm. assuming that we're not focused on calories and we're over calories like it's, it just happens quicker so there's that piece in there too um that is obviously person dependent but majority fall in that category and these are also body dependent if you are a larger person um We can go on the BMI scale of like obese and overweight and whatever class we want to put it in. But if you're a if you're a more round person, um, body type wise, your body probably doesn't respond to carbohydrates as well as somebody who's very thin and lean. Think of like the first finishers of a marathon race; they're the thinnest people of the of the race, right? Kenyans are are predominantly there. Those guys put like thousands of grams of carbs down um, for their training. It's crazy. And think of like swimmers. Think of like Michael Phelps. He was eating. Uh, 1,500 grams of carbs a day, right? Like right. Crazy yeah. amounts, but their frames and their exertion levels need it. Mm-hmm. So this, the the thinner you are, more likely the more carbohydrates you can have because your body processes them. And then there's the in betweens and there's the hybrids and everything else. But think of like the scale like that. So um, you can also use carbohydrates on your side that way uh, to kind of get a better understanding of how to manipulate and and your energy sources and your and your body weight in general.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and it it has impacts on both of those sides too, right? So when we think of body types, everyone can use carbs. It's what carbs and to what degree. So hopefully throughout this episode, we gave you a few actionable takeaways and like, if nothing else, something to think about as you are planning your meals, as you're cooking your meals, as you're choosing your food to say like, oh, this is where I can go with my carbohydrates and this is what's most beneficial or, or not.
0: I'm over time because I'm supposed to be out on the floor right now, but I, I want to make sure I say this, that when we come to diets of like carnivore diet, keto diet, low carb diet, those are successful because a lot of times they get people away from eating these ultra processed, highly processed carbohydrates that is the most predominantly uh, processed macronutrient of proteins, carbs and fats that we have out there, right? Most of them are from carbs. Our quality of even good carbs of vegetables and fruit has gone down drastically because of our earth soil and everything else, right? So that's why we're using more herbicides and pesticides to get these things done. Um, So the quality of food overall has dropped. When you start looking into certain diets like keto and carnivore, we get away from a lot of these ultra-processed foods or even thinking about them. So what happens when we do a lot of these ultra-processed foods is that our body can lead up to a ton of inflammation and a ton of like zapping energy. So when our body learns how to be more efficient through its energy and it, and it doesn't have all of these like highly processed kind of like crummy foods coming in, it will automatically feel better and it'll start working the way you want it to for weight loss anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, like these diets can work really well, but it doesn't mean that carbohydrates are bad. It just means that you're not eating poor sourced ones because I can show you somebody who's eating very high carbs and losing weight as well, Mm -hmm. right? There's just different ways to do it. But most people are doing this in their fifties and sixties and they're looking more longevity and. They're realizing their body doesn't need as many carbs and then they go on these diets and they're not eating as much and they're getting more higher quality foods
1: Mm -hmm. so i just i want
0: to make sure we touched on that on the carbs because there's a misconception i think sometimes that carbs are bad because of those
1: definitely i I mean it's an almost easy one to make with the marketing that's out there but again
0: and it's very easy to eat too many carbs too very easy
1: super easy um like you said they're most readily available most processed all the things
0: Yes, so. I'm going to let you end the show because i got to get out there. So, guys, thank all you good. for listening. I'll see you next week. M, thank you.
1: Of course, thank you. And thank you to the listener for tuning in to this week's episode of the OOFTA podcast. Share this with someone who you think will find it valuable, who appreciate it. Leave us a rating, a review, subscribe, download all the things that help us to grow organically, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye, everybody.